John 15, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. This is a very familiar scripture uh, for those who do their Bible reading. And it's such a key to keep us connected with the divine plan of God. I think the last uh, one of the Wednesdays, the last Wednesday that I spoke here, I spoke about the path that God has for us. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, 10, talking about God has already prepared and made ready the plan for each one of us. But then for us to stay within the plan, then we have to abide in him because he's the one who prepares the way we should go. So we have to abide in him. And I look at the word abide, and it has many, many definitions, but I picked a couple, and uh, it, it talks about to bear patiently. To abide is to bear patiently. That means, you're abiding, you're there. No matter what it takes, you're there. No matter what uh, the enemy throws, you stick there. No matter how challenging it is, you stay there. No matter how good it is. You know, there are people who are plucked out of the will of God because blessings overflowed. And they're like, ah, we made it. <laughs> That's not bearing. You bear there patiently. And then you endure without yielding. Endure without yielding. That means I don't care what is thrown at me. I will not yield to the pressure, okay? I will stick there. And you accept without objection. To bear is to accept without objection. That means I, I, am, I, I, I agree to be led, okay? It's one thing to lead somebody. It's another thing to pull somebody with you. So when you, when you accept without objection, you're easy to lead. Why? Because you're just following the footsteps that, that, uh, that uh, whoever is leading you is showing. So we see here those are characteristics that are not automatic. We, it's not automatic. You, 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 you don't just bear patiently automatically. You do not yield, you do not endure without yielding automatically. And do, you do not accept without objection automatically. There has to be a personal decision. You get to decide, I want to abide. Therefore, whatever it takes, I will be willing to work with it. Okay? So it's not an automatic process. Our lives bear fruits to the extent that we abide in, in God. God has a good plan for every individual. But the level of your bearing fruit is cor co uh, uh, corresponds to the extent that you abide in that plan. Abiding in the word. Abiding 
in the plan of God, abiding in the way that you are led, abiding in the place you are called to grow. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of people who pluck themselves from the place that they were, uh, 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 God had purpose for them to grow, and they decide, no, I won't stay here, I'll go somewhere else, that they have refused to abide. And therefore, even though that other place is not bad, if that's not the, the path that God had for them, you see they have removed themselves. They have not accepted to follow. Okay? So you, you, uh, you have to abide. The more we love God, the more we do what he says. And the more fruit we bear. We can sing a lot of songs. I love you, I love you, I love you. You can sing all those songs. I told Martin one, one other time there, you know, Martin and I are just willing worshipers, okay? And I told Martin, we'll just worship. Me and you won't care about the voices and the tones. This is the thing. When, when our voices, uh, uh, high or low or in between, when we lift them up here because our hearts desire to worship, they are sieved. By the time they reach his ears, they are the sweetest words. And they have all, the, the musicians, will, will, we don't, I like, I don't know anything about music. I just know make a joyful noise to the Lord. And so I sing, whichever tone I like using, whichever is comfortable with me, I will, because we are not recording, isn't it? We are worshiping the Lord. So I, you can sing all the love songs, but the reality is that the more we love him, the more we do what he says. The gauge of our love for God is how obedient are we to what he is saying. It's not the love songs. The love songs are good, and we sing them because they mean so much to him. But the, the real deal is what do we do with what he says to us? And then when we do what he says to us, then bearing fruit becomes automatic. Why? Because you're in the plan. You and him are agreeing. So bearing fruit is very easy. Okay? Spiritual fruit bearing is a miraculous process. It's a miraculous process that cannot just happen because there are too many opposing forces. So you can't cruise and think, I believed, and therefore you're just there. And when God says, do this, you're not interested, you're just saying, I believed. There are too many opposing forces to the miraculous. Too many opposing forces to your fruit bearing. Why? Because your spiritual fruit bearing involves God and therefore your obedience to God accelerates your fruit bearing. And the enemy, you remember, the scripture tells us, don't be ignorant of his devices. What is the, does the scripture say in Peter? It says like a roaring lion. He's moving to and fro, looking for whom he may devour. Because he's, he knows the more you progress, the, the, the quicker the kingdom of God is built. So he's opposing the kingdom. So the, the spiritual fruit bearing, because it's a miraculous process, it has a lot of opposition. Okay? And it takes... It, uh, let, let me say this. It's like parenting. 
majority of you don't know what parenting is, and I love you. But one day you will know what parent, <laughs> parenting is. I'm talking to my kids <laughs> because they, know, they, haven't, they haven't gone through a process. But it's like parenting. Parenting takes alertness, high-level alertness. And, and because you have to be alert to protect the child from the enemy's plan. If you are an autopilot parent, we can, we can almost tell the destiny of your children because they do what, you know, children just do what they want. So if you're not alert and you're thinking they are growing, they are eating, they are sleeping, they are dressing well, that's not a growth process. That is just uh, one part of development. The other development of children is that you are alert. You can check, are they straight? Are they crooked? If they are crooked, don't be scared to help them. Do I help you? <laughs> don't be crooked to help children. Why? Because the enemy is looking for the next generation. You, you can be in so much faith yourself, and yes, you, you've kind of overcome several hurdles, so there are things the enemy won't throw at you, so he will throw at the children. And therefore, you cannot be alert so that you interject at, at the point where you need to. It's the same with spiritual fruit bearing. You have to be alert to know that you are on a trajectory to bring forth the kingdom of God or to extend the kingdom of God. So you have to be aware that there is an enemy. You can't be presumptuous and think that, yes, we are going. We are going, but with an alertness, okay? Yeah. And, 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 uh, and, and what you will find even in parenting the obedient children usually escape a lot of pitfalls. You can judge by yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're ever, if you're ever in, the, uh, in the seat of correction, then you, uh, you can tell yourself, there are things that I'm not doing. Okay? And, and if, you, if you are on an obedient child, it's the same principle with God. If we are obeying, if we are abiding, then we find that it's so quick, quick for us to obey God. Because, and then it's so quick for us to accelerate in our spiritual uh, fruit bearing. Okay? And, and, and therefore, I will say the miraculous is not for the comfortable. Fruit bearing is a, is, a, is a miraculous process. It is not for the comfortable. It's for those who are interested. It's not a group process. Fruit bearing, spiritual fruit bearing is not a group process. And say, sisi kanisayetu. It is not. It is a personal matter. That's why Paul would say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because your personal commitment is so paramount to it. It is attached to what God says. And therefore, it's to the extent you personally are obeying it. And if you read the scripture over and over, every, everywhere that the miraculous happened, Whoever individual it happened to either obeyed an instruction or showed a lot of interest in what God was doing or what God was saying, isn't it? Uh, think about the blind Bartimaeus. How did the blind Bartimaeus get his sight? 
you, did Jesus go to him? Not before he shouted. <laughs> he heard Jesus who was passing. And he started saying, Oh, son of David. And the crowd would tell him, Shut up. You're bothering the master. He's an important man. And the guy, he was interested in what God was doing. So he defied the norm. Spiritual fruit bearing defies the norm. If you don't defy the norm, and you want to belong to the cool club, you will go to, to destruction with the cool club. Because cool club doesn't, doesn't uh, take the miraculous. You understand? Yeah. If you look at the woman with the issue of blood, according to the Jewish law, if you were in that time of the month, you never went where people were, isn't it? You stayed secluded because you were, uh, uh, according to their law, you were unclean. This woman had Jesus who was passing. Jesus did not go to look for her. She came looking for her healing. In fact, she wasn't even interested in talking to him. She, she put forward her faith. She got interested with her healing. She was determined to get healed. She took the risk to get healed. So the miraculous does not happen to comfortable people. We are sitting down. We are eating popcorn. Pastor is praying. <laughs> and he does pray but I will guarantee you he will be praying and others are coming and are passing you <laughs> why? you're not interested you're not engaged it's like a driver who is just there and they're not engaging the gear the vehicle has the mechanics but it's not moving until you engage it's the same this woman would have stayed and died with the issue of blood if she did not if she stayed in comfort Okay, look at the Sarapath widow who got an instruction from Elijah and said, go and make me a meal. That was the height of obedience, height of obedience. You're going, you're going to make the last meal and this man of God is telling you, no, make for me first. And the woman obeyed and look what happened. The supernatural happened. Because she discomforted her family. Because she had not known Elijah. No, she had no guarantee that what he is, he is saying will become. But she, anyway, she was going to go hungry if it did not become a reality. But look at what happened. The obedience to the word produced the miraculous. And everybody else was going through the famine. And the girl was just having fun. Want to make chapati? More flour. More flour, more oil, pancake, more flour, whatever. That's the miraculous. Or what do you think is the miraculous? It's your daily supply, okay? How did Moses find his call? He got interested in a burning bush. God did not call him from his heart and tell him, at such an hour, we will be burning the bush to attract your attention. The guy was herding the flock. He was just doing his usual business, and then... A bush was burning, he got interested. Okay? So the miraculous is not for the comfortable. Comfortable people stay away from all the issues and they're like, nah, I don't want to get involved. You don't get, want to get involved, you're not bearing, bearing any fruit because 
Moses got interested. And when God saw he was interested, then he beckoned on him. He spoke to him, isn't it? So for you to abide, you must value what is priority. Abiding takes prioritizing. Let's go to Philippians 1.9 in the amplified version, please. Philippians 1.9. If we can do the amplified version, is uh, I like some words that it, it will use there to help us understand. The amplified version, please. Okay. Even that classic is okay. Uh, let's read this. This was Paul preparing the church of Philippians. And this is a prayer I've started praying for myself a lot. And it says, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. Does that talk about fruit bearing? There's a, pro, a, 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 a process flow here. It's, it's progressive. It's increasing. It's, there, is, there are depths that it's getting into. And then verse 10 is where I'm heading. It says, so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best, and distinguishing the moral differences, and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless, so that your hearts sincere, so that with hearts sincere and certain and unsullied, you may approach the day of Christ, not stumbling nor causing others to stumble. A lot of weighty words that we find there that will help us abide. So it talks about we have to prize and recognize what is vital. Okay? Not everything you are involved in or everything you prefer is vital for your life. It's not. Not everything. Not everything. Don't get involved in everything. I say there is a path. There is a corporate path, but there is an individual path. So you have to recognize what is vital for the path that I'm walking. Okay? When you recognize what is vital for you, you cut away the unimportant. If you want to abide, you can't bring the baggage. Isn't that what Jesus said? If you want to take the rest of the plan of God, then you have to let go of the baggage. That means there is a pro process of uh, asking and seeking and believing God for discernment to be able to know which is mine, which is important for me. For example... The, the four, why are you four or five or six that finished from four? See, I don't even know, my, the, how, how, know how to number my children. Six of you have done from four. Okay. So will you go now and take from two bio, biology book and read? Why? You will pass that, isn't it? 
Is it bad to read? No. But there is a book you can read, but it's not that book. Okay. If you want, whoever want to do what? Let's say you want to do, uh, you're joining college to, uh, to do IT. Or you want to do IT or whatever it is. Let me, I'm just looking for. If you want to be an accountant, will you go and join a technology, a, a, a village technology somewhere that is teaching plumbing? Why? It's not vital. Is it a college? Yes. Is it meeting your, your goal? No. You understand? So you have to learn what is vital for this life of Christianity. There are so many things that are out there, but they are not vital to the plan of abiding in the kingdom of God. Therefore, you have to cut away when you recognize what is vital for your spiritual fruit bearing. You understand? So, uh, uh, therefore, you have to learn to sense what is vital. What is uh, the word vital means? It means utmost importance. We, we always say, even in a working environment, uh, if you're like me, you've worked in offices for m many years, you would have... We usually would have maybe two, one, two, or three, or four entries. So you have tray A, tray B, uh, tray, tray C, or depending on how you want to classify it. Tray A is highly important. So when you go in, in the, whenever you get letters or memos or whatever, you put, you classify them. This one is utmost important and urgent. So it can't wait for next week. This one. It can wait for a week or two. This one is for time wasters. We can keep it here. If we ever find time, <laughs> we will deal with it. If we never find time, our focus is tray A. It's urgent and it's important. You understand? It's the same thing. Your Christian life is, is urgent and is important because if it doesn't develop corresponding to your uh, natural growth, then you are limping. And the Bible t tells us that we are walking a walk of faith. When you're walking, you're involving your whole body. When you're limping, you can limp from here to there. But when you're walking, you can walk all the way. So you have to take care of what is vital in your spiritual development so that you can keep abiding in the plan of God. So you cut away all the unimportant and then it says, we approve and we prize what is excellent. That means we are giving God utmost regard. I know we have a sense of, uh, yeah, we will serve when everything is uh, okay and uh, life is conducive. That's not giving God regard. If you are available, young people, if, you are, uh, if this is the time you serve God. Okay, don't wait to when you finish college and then you start working because immediately then you start getting married and then you start bearing children and then you start telling us we don't have house girl. This is the time to serve God, young people. So you give God high regard. You understand? So you're telling this is how important you are. Everything else is secondary. You're number one. Okay? I think it's Ecclesiastes uh, 9. It says to the young people, serve the Lord with your youth. Okay. 
Yeah, you're the people who should be ushers and counselors. And because then you need to be managed in the choir, okay? Sorry, I look like I am preaching to you, but it's a fact, okay? Young, serve the Lord when you're young. Everybody here is young, including me. That's why we are serving the Lord, okay? So we, we regard him. We regard his house. As, uh, I think in Psalms 84, 10, that says that a day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand days out there. Why? Because in the house of the Lord is the fullness of what you require to become successful in life, okay? So we regard him highly. And then it says, distinguishing the moral difference recognize the sanctity of what we are involved in. Distinguish the moral difference of the kingdom of God and the natural things that we are involved with out there. I'm not saying businesses are bad. I'm not saying employment is bad. But really, recognize the sanctity of what we are involved in and handle your part with dedication and consecration. That which is of the kingdom of God is holy. That's what God, that's why we sing, holy are you God. If God is holy, then his plan is holy. And the people that are involved in his plan ought to serve that plan with high dedication and a lot of consecration. What is consecration? It's a life of purity. Okay, it's a life of honor. It's a life of, of, of commitment. It's a, it's, it's, I prefer this more than anything else, to be taught to serve in the house of the Lord. What a privilege, you understand? So you carry it with the weight of consecration and dedication and oh, So there is no casualty in anything we do for God. That's how then we are able to bear so much fruit because we recognize who knows when he's coming back. And the Bible says our works will be tested when he comes. So I want my works to be works of dedication and consecration because I recognize how dedicated and how consecrated he is to have given his son for me. You people don't know who I was, but thank God he changed me. <laughs> mm -hmm. He changed me. <laughs> Mr. sent me something on WhatsApp. <laughs> was it yesterday, the other day? And it was, it's just a funny thing. And it was a clip of people dancing in the, I don't know, maybe it was a party somewhere. It's not, a, it's old days. <laughs> and then she put, she put down there that <laughs> this is how dancing used to be before the devil invaded the nightclubs. So they, they are dancing, but one is there and the other. Now nobody comes close to each other. They are all, it's, it's, it was correct dancing. <laughs> and then she said, before the devil invaded the nightclub. And then I wrote her back and I said, so are you trying to say Pastor Davis and I were recruited? <laughs> because we dance in, in the nightclubs. And then she returned back and said, I, you, I did not say. You say. <laughs> So yes, I had been recruited. So for me now, to have been brought out of that to this, what an honor it is. And therefore, I, ca I cannot carry it in any casualty because I recognize this is holy matter. This is weighty matter. This is eternal matter. It has kingdom connotation. Therefore, I carry it with that dedication. 
Listen to what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, every new revelation requires fresh dedication. Every new revelation requires fresh dedication. So why does God call us into this house? And week after week, he's feeding us with his word, Sunday after Sunday. Uh, Wednesday after Wednesday, whenever there is an opportunity, what is he doing? He is revealing his kingdom to us. Therefore, at every level of revelation, there has to be fresh dedication. That means the awesomeness of our God and the consecration to our God is a continuous work. It's not like today we are holy because we are here. And then we go out and we live the way we want. It's that we are holy and we continue to increase in consecration. Because we want to, ex to continue to increase in the revelation. The revelation of his kingdom is an ending, isn't it? So, therefore, we have to be very careful what we are involved in. If you go with me to 1 Corinthians 6, 12... Still in the Amplified uh, uh, Version. One, uh, 1 Corinthians 6 12, please. We are there? It says, Everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control. Me. Who is going to do it? God? It's who? It's me. So everything is permissible. That's what I used to do. Night clubbing. Basically, all I wanted was more dancing. I couldn't get enough dancing. I, wasn't even, I used to drink, but that was not the motivation. For me, it was dancing. So I'll go to the disco on Wednesday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and some of you are like, ooh, and you came out. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. So everything is permissible. You can do everything you want to do, but it's not beneficial. So you have to recognize and, 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 and value what is vital for your plan. Is everything permissible? Yes. Is it all beneficial? No. Therefore, I will not be enslaved. Anything outside of the plan of God that you allow to become your habit enslaves you. That's the plan of the devil. He doesn't tell you, eh, Tasting alcohol or tasting uh, cigarette will enslave you. He never tells you that. He will tell you you feel cool. That's the, the word. It's cool. It's a cool thing. But before you recognize, you're hooked to it. And it's damaging your liver. You understand? So you have to decide. I will not be put under its power. There is a power. There are only two forces that operate on earth. The spiritual realm of the kingdom of God and the other realm of the kingdom of the enemy. So you have to decide which one do you want to control you. The decision is yours. It's not God's. He's already said, I offer you life and death. But in case you're daft 
I suggest you, for, you take life. You understand? So you take what God offers and therefore you refuse to just pick anything and run with it. So the plan of God is not automatic. It requires your attention, your interest, your commitment, your dedication, and consecration to manifest it. Why? Because God does not do anything for us apart from us. God does not do anything for us apart from us. That means he can't work our plan as a silo. So you sit here and God is doing everything that he wants to do for you. So we have to be partners with him. So he won't do it if we are not in it. So he doesn't do anything for us apart from with us. Okay? So we have to be a part of what God is doing. We have to be involved. Okay? And you must be highly involved at every stage. Because sometimes people start, well, they, are, they have the zeal for God. They are on fire for God. They are, doing, they are available everywhere and they are doing everything. And then they reach some level and you start seeing their fire quenching. And you're like, what changed? Every stage requires a fresh dedication. That's what we, we uh, the statement that uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth said. So it's at every level. Okay, the way it, you're, you're doing may change because, of course, we understand there are stages in life, but that doesn't quench the fire. The fact that you are not on, in a Wednesday prayer meeting doesn't mean you can't pray. Okay, and the fact that you, you're not serving uh, maybe in the main church doesn't mean you can't serve. There is a community to serve. There are families to serve. There are opportunities. God will not ask each one of us to bear fruit if there are no opportunities to bear fruit. Because, you know, it's easy for us to say, I don't have the opportunity. I'm not the pastor. No, no, no. The scripture is very clear in Ephesians that he called to some pastors and teachers and apostles and evangelists for the equipping of the body for the work of the ministry. So there must be a work that we are involved in at every stage of our life. So it's you to find it and work at it. So dedicate yourself to the work of the ministry. Okay? Then uh, you can go back to Philippians because it's my, my key scripture. Philippians 1.10. We still haven't finished uh, looking at those words. And then the, uh, he also said that, that we be untainted. Okay. All right. Maybe I was looking at another, at another version. But it talks about that we be untainted by the things that are unnecessary. So what does that mean? Stay sensitive to what is important. Don't just float through life. Design your life. God has given you the capacity to design your life. How? By your commitment to it. Your commitment to his word. Your commitment to the path that he lays before you. Your commitment and your tenacity. It's so easy now, especially with uh, the the recurring generations for everybody to think that, that your parents owe you something and that <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's my mommy, my daddy, they will know which college I'll go to. And I, sometimes I'm like, things change. 
whenever we were growing up, my parents didn't bother about which college you they didn't care. They they didn't even know what <laughs> which colleges were there. So Mrs. Kabaji, am I wrong? You decided. It's, it's, it was your responsibility. So now we have people sitting down and uh, their parents have to think. Them, then, yeah, mommy will plan. Take ownership, design your life, people. Design your life. Why? Because the earlier you learn to uh, 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 bear fruit, the more fruit you will have borne by the time you are the age of others, isn't it? So the earlier, the better, because they say practice makes perfect, which is a, a fact. The more you are involved, the more you become, okay? So design your, your spiritual life. Get involved a lot in, in even uh, learning scriptures at an early age, because you find that the earlier you do it, the more they are engrafted in the tabernacle of your heart, Okay? So don't think that there is an age you reach, then that is the time now you just have all the time to sit down and read the, read the Bible. I actually thought that when I reach 60 years, I'll have so much time. I'm so shocked that time is so little for me now. And I'm like, I thought that this is the glamorous age. It is the most, <laughs> this is the most demanding age. So the earlier you can take advantage of bearing fruit, the better and equipping yourself in readiness for bearing fruit, okay? So then, be certain to live accurately. Like I've, I've spoken about that, the purity in deed and thoughts, please. Purity, we want to abide. You can't abide when you're carrying baggages and, and uh, things in your head of all these social media things and, and the madness that was that is in the world. I was studying the, the the stuff yesterday. I mean how corrupt the world has become, the things that you see and you're like, how did this become? I saw three triplets marrying one man and I'm like how? What and they're gospel singers. I like which gospel? There must be you but you see they call wrong right. How can you call people like that gospel singers? Which gospel? But you see, this the gospel of another kingdom. So you have to be careful what your thoughts are carrying. And we are well taught here that it's what you see, what you watch, is what fills your thoughts. So we protect our thoughts so that we are abiding in the truth and the purity of his word. Okay? And then also because your life affects others. It's not just for you. You walk in purity because your life affects others. And I, I, I didn't ask pastor to, give me, to ask permission to say this because I didn't even know, know I'll say it. The way you dress, girls. The way you dress. The way you dress, ladies. The way you dress, ladies. I know I'm not a social worker here, but the way you dress affects others. Okay, we are talking about a life of consecration. And I know people say God looks at the heart. Yeah, but the people look at you. The way we dress matters in the house of the Lord. There are people there watching us. So we have to be careful about the morality that we are all modeling. We have to abide in the word of God. The word of God. The word of God talks about modesty. Okay. Of course, we won't come with a tape measure, all right? 
However, let the Holy Spirit give you the tape measure. <laughs> yes, yes, please. There has to be a demarcation between the world and this kingdom. This kingdom is a holy kingdom. This kingdom is a kingdom that is ex extending. This kingdom will not end, so we cannot corrupt it. Our God is not corrupted. And I make no apology for that, but yes. Okay, the way we dress, ladies. All right. Then verse 11 says, oh, did you move? Go back to my place, please, Vivian. Verse 11, <laughs> it says that, may you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing. Our, our deeds are required if we are to abide. Which come through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, to the honor and praise of God, that his glory may, may be both manifested and recognized. Okay. So we are doing what is right by agreeing with God. I remember several years ago, Pastor Carla taught a big series on agree with God. And it so stuck to me that usually, I, even when I want to make decisions, I say, am, I agree, am I in agreement with God? And this is what I will say. Intending to do is not agreeing. Intending to do is not agreeing. Agreeing is doing what God says. Because most people say, I have the right intentions. But they are, what they are doing is not, is not right. So intention is different from doing. It's not the intending. It is the actual doing. God does not bless intention. He blesses agreement. Agreement shows in the outcome of your life. Okay, so is your life truthful? Is your life pure? Is your life uh, consecrated? It's not that I, am, I have an intention. It is, are you in agreement? If you're in agreement, the outcome will be visible. Okay? And therefore, why am I emphasizing on that life of consecration? Because consecration keeps you from being compromised. When you are living in consecration, it will be difficult for you to just be carried away and uh, uh, compromised here and there. And you're looking at job, but they are bribing, but uh, this is how the world is. No, you have a life of consecration. Your trust is totally in God. That if God doesn't give it to you in the right way, then it must not be yours. If it's yours, it may delay, but it will come at the fullness of time, and it will come in an honorable and pure way. So there is no compromise. And this is who we are, brethren. Let, let's go to um, Romans 8, uh, verse 30, in the New Living Translation. Do you have it? NLT. Romans 8.30. I, I, I really like this scripture because it kind of summarizes who we are in Christ. Romans 8.30. NLT version. You're doing good, Vivian. You're doing good. You're, you're bearing fruit. Yeah. Romans. Not Philippians. Yeah, you are. Thank you. So this is what it says in Romans 8.30. It says, and having chosen them, 
This is us. Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. So we are talking about abiding in him. We are not calling him to come and bless where we are. We are wanting the blessing in him. That's why he said he called us. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And he gave them right standing with himself. And he promised them his glory. It's a weighty, it's a weighty place that God has placed us. It's weighty. Uh, I don't know which version is this, but let me read this version. It says, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. His glory has been given to us. So when you visualize that you are the carrier of the glory of God, how would you not be abiding in the perimeter of what he calls us to walk in. So then, if the enemy wants to trip us and to pull us out, we recognize this glory cannot go in that camp. This glory only operates under this jurisdiction. So I cannot try to carry this glory. There are places, when you recognize that you are a carrier of the glory, there are places you won't go. There are invitations you will turn down. You love people, but don't give them your life. Because if you're, if you're following everybody so that people think you love them, you know what you're doing? You're selling off your birthright by compromising just in the name of being nice to people. So you have to be careful that there are places you won't go and there is company you won't be found in. And there are people, you help them. You will even give them, fund them if God leads you. But there is, there is company you won't keep. <laughs> You'll say, I love you from a distance. But I love you anyway because I'm believing you to join this camp. Don't be pulled into that camp. Why? That glory, that glory, there are places it won't go. And there are places you will take it and it will create judgment. And then, but thank God for mercy. And I know many of us have been there where you're like, how did I, how did I find myself here? But the mercies of God removes you back and takes you where you need to be. Okay. So this is who we are. We've been chosen, handpicked, chosen, called to come to him. We are not floating in this life. We be, there is a placement that we have been allocated. And it's the place of holiness and consecration. And then we've been given right standing with him. That means when he sees us, he sees his son. When he looks at us, he looks at his glorious work. When he sees us, he sees an army that he can use. When he looks down at us, he sees an abasendorio team that can represent the kingdom of God wherever it goes. When he sees us, he knows that he has called laborers that he can use. But then there is a standard that is required for this group of people because they carry the glory of the God Almighty. It's not a light matter that we take it casually and carelessly and we're like, yeah, we're born again, but we are living the way we want. No, 
It's a cause for dedication, a cause for pro, uh, uh, preservation of that glory. Because remember that glory? The children of Israel, when they saw the smoke, they told Moses, go yourself, please, not us. <laughs> because it's weighty. It's ho- God is holy. And the urgency of the hour that we are living in is requiring us to make up our mind. Which group do you belong to? That's the group we belong to. The chosen group. The right standing group. The group that is carrying the glory. We are, the, we are bearers of the miraculous works of God. Fruit bearing as we abide in him. Go, go to Psalms 37 verse 18. I'm not sure. I think it's in the Amplified Classic. I'm still learning this thing. Sometimes I write the version I, I, I read. Sometimes I forget, so you bear with me. I'm growing. Okay? Yes. So 37, Psalms 37, 18, it says, the, oh, yeah, amplify, yes. It says, the Lord knows the days of the upright and blameless, and their heritage will abide forever. They shall not be put to shame in the time of evil, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Isn't that weighty? That the Lord knows our days. He knows the days of the upright and blameless. So, are we living in perilous times? Certainly. Are we supposed to be worried about it? No. Why? But, but Romans 8, that he said, we've been called to him. And we've been made right standing. That's what he is saying here. He knows the days of the upright and blameless. And their heritage shall abide forever. Forever. That's what the scripture says. Their heritage, verse 18. Their heritage will abide forever. That means even in the wake of the most difficult times, because we have stayed within the jurisdiction of where he has called us to, we are not to be touched by luck. Because his heritage will abide in the glory. The glory is not just so that we can look nice. The glory is so that we are preserved and we are protected. That heritage abides forever. It's the heritage of his supernatural flow because the, the, the uh, this, uh, spirit bearing, I said, is a miraculous process. So it's not a labor. Therefore, even in the wake of famine and global madness and global economic crisis, our heritage is already preserved and it abides forever. So we are not worried because we know we are, uh, we are preserved. And then if you go down to verse 37 of uh, that scripture, yeah? And this is what verse seven, that 7 says, Mark the blameless man and behold the upright, for there is a happy end for the man of peace. Do you not like that? Yeah, mark, mark the blameless man. That means, look at me. 
and watch my future. <laughs> Look at you and watch your future. If you stay blameless with God, the scripture says, for there is a happy end for the man, for that man who is upright, for the man of peace. There is a happy end. So there are days ahead while people are crying and wondering and, and bothered and sleepless nights and they don't know what will become and, and the prices of things have gone up. Look at the upright man. Mark him. Mark the upright man. There is a happy end for the man of peace. Why? Because he stays within. He is abiding. He is not found one leg here, one leg here. Why <laughs> the nose is here and the body is here. There is a pool and a push and a pool and a pool. Today I see you, today we don't see you. No seek and hide, the one of children. Now I see you, now I don't. That should not be us in the kingdom of God. We make our mind. We stay in the kingdom of God. And my final scripture is Psalms 35, 27. Psalms 35, 27. Yeah, we abide, we abide, we abide, we abide. Uh -huh. This is what it says. 27, okay. It says, let those who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy and be glad and say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of a servant. That means those, that man, that woman that is staying within the boundaries and abiding uh, in the vine, the, 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 the word of God is saying that God of that man takes pleasure in their prosperity. So where is luck for the man of uprightness? There is no luck. For the man of uprightness. Therefore, it doesn't matter how the world is looking. If you're abiding in God, then you have uh, a guaranteed provision. Guaranteed provision. Guaranteed provision for this life and the next life. And this is what I, I tell my friends. And, and people say, but you know, things happen. And I say, don't talk about things happening. It's either the word works or it doesn't work. There isn't a gray area with the word. If you're staying within the word, there will be, you will be prospered. It's just subjective to what you call prosperity. If you're eating, you have a roof over your head, you have enough clothes to change, you're prospered. <laughs> you understand? You're a prospered man and you're a prospered woman. So, who takes pleasure in the prosperity of a servant. So there is a guaranteed life that we can live as we abide in God, but the secret is to prize and to value what is vital, even in the wake of the life we are living and the crisis that is in the world. If you place God as your highest regard, if you look at his plans and purpose as your utmost desire, then you have a guaranteed life because your heritage will abide forever. Amen. So tonight, I'd like us to pray and go back to Philippians 1, 9, uh, Philippians 1, 9 and 10. We'll pray with that scripture tonight. Just believing God to help us to walk in a level of discernment to know 
what to separate from and what, what to value, what not to put emphasis on. Just, just really a spirit-led life. We will pray to have a spirit-led life because that's what God is looking for. So let me read it again as a prayer and, and then we can... You can stand up with me. We pray, we pray it, and then we pray a couple of uh, minutes in tongues, and uh, then we, we close the service. And this, let me pray the way pray, uh, Paul prayed it. And say, he said, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen inside that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. Verse 10. So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless so that with hearts sincere and certain and unsullied you may approach the day of Christ not stumbling nor causing others to stumble and father tonight this is our heart's desire it's our heart's desire to abide in you it's our heart's desire to please you it's our heart's desire to follow you oh God we want to prize what you prize we want to value what you value oh God we want to let go of things that we have given priority that are not adding value to the plan of God for each one of us we want to recognize that the life that can only be profitable to us is the life of the spirit, is the life of dedication, is the life of consecration, is a life that uh, negates every earthly thing and focuses on the kingdom of God. That is a life that makes decision out of what would God think about this. It's a life that uh, knows that God is trustworthy and that he is faithful and that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it it's a life oh yes lord that that knows that this world as we know it has no 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 good thing coming out of it and it has an end because the scripture tells us the things that we can see they are temporal but the things that are unseen the things of the spirit the life of the glory the life of the miraculous the life of the power purposes of God. It continues to the end. And therefore tonight our Father, as we pray in the language of the Holy Spirit, we are rededicating our lives to abide in you. Just pray in tongues, church. Just a couple of minutes and then we end the service. Ramasha kakakata Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're all that you want. You're all that we desire, Lord. You're all that our hearts long for. Oh, Lord, we consecrate ourselves afresh to the plan of God, to the will of God, to the life of the Spirit. Oh, Lord, to the one that loved us, 
you loved us enough to die for us. How can we not dedicate and consecrate our lives, O oh God, to live for you, to please you, to honor you, to trust in you, God, all the way to live that others may see us and desire the life of the Spirit, O oh God. Oh Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the privilege of being alive today to make a fresh dedication for the level that we are at, O oh God. And in the times and seasons that we are living, God, we're watching the fulfillment of the word of God where things become haywire, but where the church is consecrated and separated and energized and strengthened and equipped to continue running the race. Paul said that looking unto Jesus, we run this race because we know that the end of it is a glorious life. It's a, a, it's a life of your goodness. You've reminded us that our heritage abides forever. The heritage of the life of truthfulness and holiness and sanctity and morality and purity. The life that others look at and wonder, how can you live such a life? It's because we made the decision to abide in you and to follow you and to hear you and to understand you, God, and to walk in obedience and to be doers of your word and not to be hearers on the own God. We dedicate ourselves and our children and our families, oh God, and our relatives, and we dedicate the congregation of this church, oh Lord our God, as we walk even through this uh, a week, oh God, that was a painful week for you, and yet you endured it because you knew what was at the air, other side of, of the cross. It was a life of glory. It was a life of victory. And Jesus tells us in the book of Colossians that we have been given joy sitting with him. We are living in the life of the glory that has been given to us. And so we value it and we prize it highly. And Lord, we thank you tonight, oh God, that we can walk because you've given us the helper, the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit who tells us this is the walk, the path, walk in it. We want to walk in that path of the purity of the holiness of God, even as we continue to watch and we wait for your return, King Jesus. We reverence you tonight and we honor you, God. We honor you with our lives. We honor you with our beings, we honor you. With our assets, we honor you. With our service to you, we honor you. With our thought life, oh God, we honor you. With our actions and our deeds, we honor you. This is our commitment and consecration to honor you, Lord, even as we wait for you. We thank you and we bless you tonight. So help us, Lord, because we know your word says that you never leave us nor forsake us. We want to walk in tandem with you, Lord. Help us to walk this journey. We thank you and we bless you and we honor you tonight.